0: Today's guest is Damien. Damien is one of Asia Pacific's recognized digital transformation leaders. He's currently the chief lecturer digital strategy and leadership practice at the National University of Singapore, Institute of System Science. Prior to that, he was the founder and CEO of HR Tech, a software service company, People Wave. Before entrepreneurship, he was the global head of digital marketing at the Standard Chartered Bank and the Chief Marketing Officer at Philips Asia Pacific. Damien has also worked at major global brands such as Samsung, Dell, Ogilvy Mather, Coca-Cola, and McKinsey & Co. Let's welcome our guest, Damien.
1: Damien. Oh, thank you very much. You look very interactive. You've got some uh, fruits and calculators behind you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good.
0: Yeah. I love it. So the show is to enable the audience to learn more about AI, digital transformation, and the guests. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: No problem.
0: Cool. Tell me about how do you get to where you are from the day that you did your first startup?
1: <laughs> That's a great question um my first startup was actually back in the 1990s so actually my first job was in mckinsey and then back in the 90s and it was a lot of fun did what most of the other consultants were doing there they left during the original dot-com boom now at the time i was very poor i was living with a flatmate so my flatmate and my girlfriend got together and uh, what we did is we kind of actually formed a company that actually built websites back in the day now that feels very commoditized now but we actually, you know, became Yahoo's e-commerce partner. We were building, we moved into kind of the early days of what would have been cloud software with email marketing and CRM tools. And, yeah, you know, we were doing some really cool stuff. We became a top 20 web development company back in those days in Australia. But, of course, with the dot-com boom came the dot-com crash. And the company wound down and I ended up losing everything. And of course, that was my first experience as a startup. And that, that was almost about four years of doing that. Was, it was the equivalent of at least doing an MBA or a master's degree. It was, you know, great kind of actually, yeah, and doing this in my 20s was, was amazing. L- lots learned, despite the fact that it didn't work. But my most recent startup was my most recent job. So I, I, after that uh, first business kind of fell over, I had to go get a real job, and I built a career over 20 years as a digital person. So digital guy that looked out through e-commerce, around sales, and around marketing. So, you know, I hit the top of the C-suite. I became a chief marketing officer and head of digital in different companies. And my last corporate job was the global head of digital at Standard Chartered Bank. And it was a great job. I mean, fantastic people there and a big ambition, but, you know, in big companies like that, there's not a lot of stability. And what happened is that I ended up getting laid off. So I went through a retrenchment process and it made me very angry, not because, uh, and it wasn't because I did a bad job and it wasn't because the team weren't performing, we actually we're hitting you know, stellar runs everywhere, but the reality is that it was very political. So the reasons they kind of chose to actually disband this team and you know choose to actually get rid of some people versus others uh, really frustrated me. I've always been more of a data-driven guy, so you know I took my little bit of retrenchment money and I formed my last business called PeopleWave. Wow. There were there were two aspects of that. One, how do I make work fair? You know I've just been through a very unfair retrenchment and and I hated it. And two, you know, could you use data to make better decisions as a manager and, and a people, as you know, someone looking after people? So, you know, I did that up until COVID. So that was great. Raised a million dollars, brought two products to market. We had hundreds of SMEs using our product. Then later, about uh, three years in, we realized we had a bigger ambition. We signed an 11 million USD term sheet to go big at the end of 2019, but then COVID hit. So COVID killed our core business of HR technology because uh, no one was hiring and no one's buying our software but also the, the people we trusted who actually put that money into business end up, you know, not delivering. So that was catastrophic. So I'm actually, it's pretty fresh for me. So that kind of business just went down at the beginning of 2021 and it led me to of a change and a reflection about where I am in life.
0: Ah, and that was how eventually you um, got yourself to be the chief officer or principal lecturer at the NUS Institute of System and
1: Science. Yeah, I'm currently at the National University of Singapore in the Institute of System Science. So I'm Chief of Digital Strategy and Leadership there. What that means is, um, you know, applied my 20 plus years of knowledge, actually, now I'm actually giving it back. So I teach programs like the Masters of Technology and Digital Leadership. I'm doing, obviously, business development, looking at actually growing capability for NUS. And also, it's it's fun actually kind of big giving back into corporate groups. So we do executive education around things like cybersecurity, AI, uh, digital transformation, digital strategy, and so on. So, what a lot of fun. It's early days, but, it's a certainly very different change of pace in the corporate jobs and the startups I've worked at before.
0: Yeah, it sounds very fun. I mean, like, your whole story is like, uh, at an adventure, right? Where you started out <laughs> running a startup and then you end up doing C-suite, uh, doing digital transformation and then going back to the startup again and then now coming back to giving back to the, to Tsari as an educator. There's always two schools of thought, you know. We, one of the schools of thought is where, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Mann are saying, you know, AI is good, you know, AI creates a lot more jobs. And then Elon Musk, another school of thought is that yes, AI is good. AI also creates uh, a lot of jobs, but AI also makes a lot of jobs redundant, you know, because yeah. the, the jobs that is are very simple, repetitive will be made redundant. So my question to you is, you know, what do you think about the impact of AI development on the future of work?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're right with, actually, both comments are right. So AI is going to change everything, but it's also going to actually change the, the shape and, and roles. I mean, the Coca-Cola example is probably typical of what we're going to see with AI. Someone's going to be impacted. I mean, if you think of it in the financial services world, uh, retail branches are going to close. You know that's happening already. Uh, AI is going to accelerate that. We're seeing you know, uh, uh, payment apps kind of developing you know, onto your phone. We're seeing AI kind of replacing customer service we're going to see significant changes in in the way that uh, jobs are being looked at. But I think, you know, the best leaders are going to be the ones that are a little bit empathetic and actually want to actually develop their people rather than slash and burn. So if we can actually put in a process that says, OK, we're going to develop an internal center of excellence around AI, we're going to take the people who are most impacted, actually who understand the processes so well, and make those the people who are the change agents around AI you effectively go through a process of making them AI experts. Now, of course, I know AI requires, you know, coding expertise and data science and all the rest of it. But again, anyone can learn anything, in my book. So it, it might be worth actually taking those and generally lower-paid employees upskilling them and making them a, you know, a cohort of highly invested, highly engaged AI experts. But that, that's on the internal side of things. Externally, we're, we're going to see some big changes. So. I think the challenge is at the moment um, from performance, from recruitment, and you know from engagement, everything is hidden. I mean, it's all about basically kind of small uh, networks at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it or not, likability and relationships are the number one determinant of success in an organization. So if a manager actually sees the kind of um, loud talking, unwell, for example, talk, 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 uh, that person just because they're more vocal and extroverted. Uh, might actually be perceived as a better employee than the Malaysian guy who doesn't say anything but just quietly gets on with the job. Now, the reality is AI and data around that will prove that the, guy, the Malaysian guy who's quiet is probably working five to 10 times more efficiently than the guy who's the talker. Uh, so what we're gonna see, I think, is AI is gonna level the playing field in terms of unbiased decision making. It's gonna help us identify talent in a different way. And again, the way we hire at the moment is, is not based on the best person. It's based on risk if i was working up as a marketing director i wanted to hire a marketing manager i'm not going to hire a great marketing manager the best marketing manager in the world uh, to grow my business what i'm going to hire is an average marketing manager who's a low risk approach so i'm going to go to ocbc i'm going to go to uob i'm going to hire someone who's done that job before pay them as little as i can and actually get them into that job for as long as possible not because they're great, not because they're going to grow the business, it's just because they're a fairly safe pair of hands. So what I think AI is going to do for us is start to surface, maybe the person who works over at Starbucks is the ideal candidate for this role. Maybe someone who's actually working at a hawker centre who's got this amazing experience of growing a business tenfold would be the ideal candidate for this, not just from a growth perspective of hitting sales targets, but also being a safe pair of hands, albeit in a different industry. So I think it's going to actually be get rid of a lot of biases people have towards hiring people based on risk. It's going to uncover the hidden gems in your organization of good versus bad performance. And it's going to help you with blind spots that managers have at the moment around managing their teams.
0: I really like the way that you talk about two points. One was about, you know, as AI is going to create destruction in terms of uh, cre- creation of new jobs, more complex jobs, and also destruction of simple jobs. And leaders who are able to develop the empathy will, so-called utilize existing workforce to enable them or encourage them to upgrade themselves, to upskill themselves, as what we have seen around the whole world. Uh, but you know, there's a practical fact that you know uh, it takes from it takes time and effort uh, to move from point A to point B. So uh, like you mentioned, you know, the, the future of AI could be in tools a uh, paradigm. Those that develop AI using data software engineering or data science engineering or artificial intelligence engineering. And then those are the the people side of things, you know, the soft side of things, getting them to use new technology, getting people to change, getting them to see uh, the light of the day. And so uh, these two are the experience spectrum that we're going to see. And in either spectrum, it is very uh, skewed towards those specific domains. And for somebody who, like you say, like a hawker, like let's say the guy who makes chicken rice, you know, how he, he will definitely get to... Of uh, this spectrum, but the question to any companies or any business leader is: How long does it take for this chicken rice hawker to become a coder, or how long does it take for this chicken rice uh, hawker to become a you know people manager for to change management? What do you have to say about that? You know, to 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 the C
1: suite. You know. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, generally, people don't believe you unless they can see it. Right. So and that, here's the challenge. So what value to put on soft skills, what value to put on things like uh, the ability to present, the ability to kind of pull people together and collaborate. Right now those are kind of generally kind of seen as not worthless, but so indefinable. So, uh, you know, even things like probation reviews, I mean, it's uh, going through that first three or six months into a job, it's more about did you tick boxes A, B, and C. But actually what they're really saying is are you a good culture fit means do I like you Have you built the right kind of relationships and so on? Again, not a lot of that's quantifiable in today's world. It comes down to trust. And uh, these C-level executives, when they're looking at things like AI and data solutions to see if you know a Hawker-centered worker can become an AI expert, it's going to be a gut feel. The reality is I don't think they're going to trust a Hawker-centered person to become an AI expert overnight. (laughs) What they will do is look at their internal organization and think, okay, well, if I've got to cut 10,000 people, surely some of those can be reskilled and redeployed. And I think the critical thing here is that things like AI and digital, they work at two speeds. The things that you have to get done now, which is, you know, bring in external experts to formulate the strategy, get the early quick wins, improve the case. Then it becomes part of the the fabric of your organization, becomes part of the DNA. And that's where you can spend a lot more time getting your differently skilled orgs trained up to speed uh, quite uh, quickly, but over the course of months and years, not necessarily in weeks. So, you know, bring in your experts to kind of get the big bang, get the ball rolling. Take your time to actually kind of upskill and reskill your organization to actually support everything into the future. Because the reality is, you know, and I've been this person as well, Mm -hmm. external digital people come and go. They will come in, they'll command a high pay packet, they'll tell you what to do, they'll make some significant changes. You know what? That skill set is unique in itself. You get poached by the next big company. And the next company will say, okay, I want you for this particular kind of project, come in and be my AI guy, my data guy, my digital guy, do that job for a year, two years, done, okay, where do I go next? But actually, you're unlikely to go somewhere else next because that skill set moving to the governance aspect becomes less valuable to them. What you were great at is actually helping them then uncover the issues and putting a plan together to solve it. Actually, a million other companies need that same skill set. So you kind of wander from job to job and actually someone has to be left behind to do the gardening. Um,
0: as companies couldn't get their people to overnight, you know, either be a very good uh, soft skill guy or a hard skill guy, and they need external people, like, they need, uh, you know, vendors or educators like yourself or geeks like myself to come in to enable that transition. So... Last but not least, what is your request for those who are listening to this podcast? Do you have a shout-out? Do you have anything that you
1: want from your audience? You know? uh, no, I guess two things. Number one, if you're interested in actually further education, please check out NUS ISS. There's a lot of fantastic executive education short courses. And, of course, if you work, actually take up the Master's of Technology and Digital Leadership, I'll be working with you in some of the courses there. So, love to actually see you there. Second is, I believe in the power of networking. I believe in the power of connecting to people. So look me up, Damien Cummings on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. So send a connection request through to me. Mention the podcast and I'll see if we can catch up for a coffee or at least kind of share some yarns around what's happening in the world of digital. I'd love love to connect.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I'll pin it uh, down on the podcast page. So anybody who is listening to this, uh, do refer back to that podcast page. Um, Thank you very much, Damien. Hi guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and loved this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.